0: Hi, you're listening to Celluloid Wallop with James and Gemma. Sit down and enjoy yourself. Grab a snack and have some fun. Hello and welcome to this week's Talking Codswallop. Now this week is going to be another continuation of the CODS Codswallop and I am joined once more by the wonderful, brilliant Joanne to discuss the Star Trek Picard series. And we're going to be discussing episodes two and three and adding our own wonderful and probably filthy spin on the whole process, the whole situation. So, welcome Joanne.
1: Thank you very much, James. And here, we know no other way than to be filthy.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's, that is so very, very true.
1: Like they say in the Mandalorian, <laughs> this is the way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and are you well?
1: <sighs> uh, <laughs> what can what, I say? What? I've been drowning in my own flame for about a week. Ugh,
0: it's been shit. Are you feeling better now?
1: I think so, hopefully. Um, I, I was doing another podcast actually at the weekend and I had to We had to stop every so often so that I could wipe my nose and have a cough. And actually, at one point, my stomach rumbled. So I was uh, full sound effects, actually. (laughs) Thankfully, everything sounds a wee bit more now.
0: I think the problem is that there is obviously something going around. Uh, As long as you don't have the coronavirus. (laughs) No. I think you're okay. (laughs)
1: Fuck, neither it nor syphilis, thankfully.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, those are the two illnesses you definitely do not want. So... We have both been looking up to look at Picard episode two, which was called Maps and Legends, uh, and again, I, I was thinking it's absolutely brilliant visual opener, you know, stunning because it goes in showing all the, the ships, and it does a, a jump backwards, which I really liked, to fourteen years to show you all about the the, uh, the infamous attack that happened on the shipyard where, you know, well, Enterprise actually been built there, had um, And you see, seen, basically, your first introduction of the, uh, well, I was going to say replicants, but I'm in the wrong universe. But
1: <laughs> I, I called them that, that on our last podcast as well, yeah. at one point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you, you see the first introduction to the synthetic life that has created a lot of the problems and become the banned species um and and the show to me uh, at this point was doing well in doing your throwback stuff because they sort of mentioned was it the first contact day or something they went yes. this holiday and i found it very interesting that if you look to the synthetic life they had the data looked didn't they but not the whole data you know all the the human characteristics but they had like his gold eyes his gold skin uh, his lack of human understanding and sense of humour.
1: <laughs> yes, it was very much back to the old times again, before Data actually had a sense of humour. I'm wondering yes. were they based on B4 and Bruce Maddox, um, who's, who's been mentioned now quite a lot through episode 2 and 3? Uh, I wonder are they actually relatives of B4? I mean, they are creepy. They're wonderfully creepy. They are the uh, the new improved sex dolls after B4.
0: Yes. <laughs> But I doubt they've got all the skills that data has. So What's the multiple skills? Of? <laughs> Hell yeah, as I would say. <laughs> what I like also is uh, or something that just occurred to me, because obviously I've got this sort of running in the background when I'm looking at the, the thing that makes the food up for them. The replicator in this. So it looks like a, just basically a giant 3D printer sort of thing. Like they're trying to go backwards a bit on the tech on that.
1: yeah, there's a selection of they mentioned was, I think it's a Unimatrix, something like that uno something anyway, mm. in terms of the food. And it's actually mentioned one the Star Trek shorts as well. Spock and uh, number one get caught in the lift. and they talk they start talking about what replicator they have on board. And that particular replicator is actually mentioned ah. during the scene, yeah, nerd time again.
0: See, what, and this was, again, uh, for those who do not, well, obviously for those who are listening to John, they're getting an idea of her wonderful knowledge of sci-fi. But when I first met you at a convention, one of the things later on I remember, you were dressed up as Ripley. And a big thing I got on this scene was, i got a real alien vibe, the way they were, or, or well, alien and aliens, where they were sat around discussing the food and the whole way they are all sat around together as a little group where it wasn't showing anything that's sort of as high-tech as we used to seeing in Star Trek. you have seen what they kind of said with Alien as like the dirty reality of what space would be like. Um, I yeah. don't know if you, saw, if you saw that as well, but that's something that really sort of stuck out to me.
1: Thinking about it now, they're also complaining about the company. Yes. They had to work that day, and it reminds me of when they were complaining about what shares they're going to get and what the profits were going to be, and uh, they had a name for it, an alien. Shame on me! I can't remember it now because we always, the gang were always laughing about it, and uh, they just weren't getting their share that day, at mm. all. And in, in a in a, a world that no longer pays money, what happens when you're working on a public holiday? What do you get back for it?
0: Yeah, it's you know, that is actually a really good point because supposedly. Just to diverge off this, I always found it weird that obviously the idea in Star Trek is that the entire society doesn't have money. Something Picard even says, I think, in First Contact, we no longer have the need for money. But on Deep Space Nine, they discuss, is it Gold Press Latinum?
1: Oh, yes. the cork, cork so, and Co.,
0: Yeah. So there must be some use for money somehow. Something must happen. But, yeah, you raised a really interesting question. How do you actually get anything?
1: Yeah, how does Picard sell his wine?
0: How, where yeah. does he get the money for his cheese? Oh, <laughs> we'll get onto to the cheese later. <laughs> That's been stuck in my head. <laughs> so, obviously, our synthetic life form, F8, goes completely that shit crazy, changes the computer starts killing everybody and of course, what does the best person who you're going to have to do a mission as like an assassin, he does his job and then he kills himself at the end
1: yeah, interesting uh, enough, his name is F8 or Fate and I immediately thought of a Terminator there's no fate uh, but what we mean.
0: by god, you see this is why I've got you on this podcast <laughs> you you, come, you think of these wonderful things, they, you know, that hadn't even entered my head, it's worrying <laughs> what I, a deal, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
1: haven't been making a lot of costumes in the last two weeks So I've been thinking a lot more about everything else
0: So we cut to Picard watching footage of himself uh, with his carers <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> That's the <something> other <laughs> that I thought of. When I'm watching it, after you had described them as that I thought, yeah, they are sort of like carers actually, aren't they? <laughs> Definitely, definitely the local home help. So they're there um, looking after him and watching video footage, which Picard has managed to obtain, which shows what had basically happened when, in the in the episode prior to this, his new friend had she'd been killed, hadn't she? And there'd been an explosion. So they're sat watching this video and they're trying to work out what's happening. And if memory serves me, they're saying there was no body found. Um yes. and, no, and then they come to the conclusion that obviously the Romulans, they think there's like some sort of secret society that's involved uh in doing all these things.
1: Yeah, but it's greater than Tal Shiar. Interestingly called the Shatvar or is it the the Shitfort, as I couldn't help but think of them as which was again <laughs> takes us back to the cheese. Yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> the, the shit they're even more um devious and secretive than the Tal Shiar. It was interesting, actually, because you, you really got a more of a feel for Laris and the one with the big bumpy bits in his forehead that I'm trying to remember now. Uh, I don't remember. Saban? Or is it Saban? So there, he kind of calls Laris out and like, the, I'm going to have to try and pronounce her name now. The Shatvar or our myth They don't really exist and she's gone, yes, but I I had our handler, which he said was his mother, which is interesting, Got got her drunk one night and she admitted that, that they did exist and that they had a reason for existing, which seemed to be, I think maybe Lars was making a, an association here. She thought that was maybe a pure hatred of AI, and that's why um, the Romulans only had computers that did computation and not artificial intelligence. So that was interesting, That the fact now we've got two layers, that the are actually have a bogeyman.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's interesting to see also that, Again, we sort of said this with a joke, what we said last time about them being carers for but they really are sort of like bodyguards. You were discussing before technology rudely slapped us about situation of when they were all in Picard's chateau and they were using uh, the compute systems to find out where people were.
1: Yes, that was um, that was actually in, in uh, Najee's apartment.
0: Oh, sorry, yeah.
1: No, no, you're okay. Um, but, yeah, that was in Nash's apartment. It was quite clever. Laris is actually, um, to me, she's an extremely good agent. She's very, very switched on, very intelligent. And she was able to work out that maybe the Romulus might have left something behind. And so she went, she went down through the logs and uh, was able to find... Um, she, she found something. I actually can't quite remember what it was she found, but she also made a connection as well mentally. She thought that, well, the AI in the PC... Would, would actually seems to take information from its owner uh, in yeah. terms of who they are and, and different different profile. But the, she reckoned that Soji's profile would be exactly the same as her sister's because her twins are identical twins. And sure yes. enough, it was it had, rec- it had recorded information about her sister and and they were able to work out that um, the sister's actually off-world. Don't know where, but they know that she's off-world, which I thought was quite clever, actually. And possibly wee bit of a silly thing by the Romulus. Leave that behind.
0: Oh, so following on from that, we managed to cut onto the uh, onto a very dark 1990s metal, you know, disco somewhere. Well, in fact, it's actually Borg Cube. It just looks like some sort of strange, you know, club from the mid 90s to me. And then we yeah. we cut to the uh, the sort of like you know required Star Trek sexy, which is kind of sexy but sort of isn't at the same time. <laughs>
1: I know. Do you know what I loved about that is the fact that in the 24th century you can have sex with your underwear on,
0: and yes. the underwear
1: specifically for women has to be a sports bra and tiger briefs from the eighties. Those knickers Definitely. couldn't have been higher up her belly button than they were. I mean, it was just so. It was. It was disturbing. It really was. But I thought, well, and not only that, they've had sex. They get up. They both put their clothes on, and I'm thinking. There you go. One of them's going to get cystitis. Nobody's had a pee here or had a shower or anything. They must be reeking whenever they leave the room. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, They're going to stink. Plus, she's basically the ultimate sex doll. Well, <clears> if you oh, really yeah. think about it, she's not actually human or, well, she's not. She's a robot, basically. <laughs> so.
1: Obviously skilled in many techniques like her dad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've not thought of that one, but very, very true. <laughs>
1: She does ask Narek, who is her forking partner on this occasion, uh, mm-hmm. is there anything you can tell me? And he says that it, I'm a very secretive person, and you get the impression that this Romulan that she's hooked up with is uh, mm. some sort of sneaky person. He's the boy actually that she met at the end of episode one when I'd say
2: Excuse when that. she
1: had said to him, my brother had died, or my brother yeah. something had happened to my brother, and I said that's one hell of a chat up line. Well, it must have yeah. worked. But well, the so next time
0: we see those two okay. together, they're in bed. Totally, totally spot on. So after we've gone, there's obviously just, you know, they're, they're obviously an issue with communication. He's going to be dark and mysterious. And then we cut to Picard meeting his doctor. Well, no, is he his doctor? Yeah, he is his doctor, but he's also one of his former colleagues, isn't he, from the Stargazer? Uh, yes. And it's where we, we get a very interesting insight into the fact that Picard isn't just an old retired grumpy admiral with a cheese fetish and a tea drinking problem. He's got health problems. Um mm-hmm. quite severe health problems. And it's sort of I think the suggestion is it's it's maybe like dementia, it's damaged to is its frontal lobe. Some
1: P type lobe anyway. I was actually quite kinda of disappointed that it wasn't Doctor Bashir. I know that they hadn't really had well, we never really seen them on screen together, but this doctor was from the Stargazer, but if it had been yeah. Dr. Bashir, it just would have made my day.
0: Oh, you would have more expected them to bring Beverly in.
1: Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, well she she actually diagnosed. It was mentioned that he had a problem, something on the brain, in the last last episode of The Next Generation, which was all good things. And Beverly, after he was sort of flitting back and forth through time, Beverly scammed him towards mm-hmm. the end of the series and he mentioned that he had this this issue. Uh, or this issue, and it might be a problem for him later on at some point. And sure enough, it does. It comes back to haunt him. And actually, the doctor said something quite ominous: "If you're wanting to go off-world, whatever adventure you're going on, I hope it kills
0: you." I Thought that was and kind the, of sad. Yeah, and the interesting thing I found out um, about the the area of his brain. I'm hoping they'll, they'll make some comment on it, so I could inf- while well, it's in front of me now. But they said about the uh, the damage to his brain. I actually looked it up afterwards, and in reality, if somebody has had damage to those areas of the brain, it will mess up sort of like perceptions of things. It can mess up things like your balance, etc. But the suggestion with Picard is that it can lead to possibly bits of delusional um, delusional episodes, maybe uh, top out. It'll, it'll mess up his temperament as well. But what you sort of see, really, I think, this scene is they're trying to show. The, a real sort of similarity between the relationship that Kirk and uh, McCoy had, um, and it makes me think of the conversation they had in Star Trek 3 when they were in Kirk's uh, apartment, where they were discussing the fact that you know getting older, you know wanting to go out and do things, changes to your life, and I, I sort of see a real similarity of that that scene, even the fact that they've got like a fire causing you know a uh, fire burning in the background, which. Something I remember from the, the scene in Star Trek, uh, The search for Spock. That's a good think, point. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, I think we're trying to find a similarity there. But, oh, um, well, half come home.
1: Hello, no, I'm on the phone. Yes, <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Interruption to proceedings there.
0: It's all good. Pass some hello from me.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, he's just informed me that it's a very bad night out there. So for anybody doing any <laughs> weather watching at the moment, we've just had a live forecast.
0: Oh, heck. Yeah, cold, wet, miserable, and windy, I suspect. So we come to an interesting thing. So we actually, I think this is one of the first times I've seen, a, to me, a really good example of how people on Star Trek get around. We know they beam down from ships. We know they can use shuttlecrafts, but this is, to my knowledge, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, John, first time you've actually seen people being sort of beamed down onto a planet on what looks like, the nearest thing we describe as maybe a lift-style system. Which is just dropping people right outside Starfleet command.
1: Yes, that was that, that to me like looked like some form of teleportation. Mm. It, was, it was constant. It was people going in and out, in and out, in and out. It was, it was it was quite good. And I thought, this is how you get to work in the future. No more sitting in rush hour traffic through Belfast. Just teleport.
0: <laughs> so Picard goes in and gets to this brilliant hologram of the Enterprise from the original Star Trek, and then the Enterprise D. Um, and even though he's a civilian, I noticed what they're trying to do is dress Picard a little bit in his clothing He he's wearing a uniform because he has a layout like a black top to the part of it to a different colour body. So the show showing the background, the back shots of him. looking. Hello? I've been rung on a different thing. Hang on. Dad, I'm just on the telephone. Somebody else? Hello, can you hear me? I've got like two different calls going here. <laughs> and I think he's hung up on me. That was different. Did you get a, like a real burst of music then?
1: No, I didn't. I just, you went really faded.
0: All right. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, that was my old man ringing me up from Spain, I think. So I'll drop him a line later on.
1: I, I meant to actually say during the record as well that really, you were Dr. Stafford. You, um, I think, I preferred your diagnosis compared to Dr. whatever his name was from the Stargazer.
0: <laughs> Go on, tell me why. Tell me how.
1: <laughs> because yours is much more interesting. Plus, it's much more enjoyable to know that you'd got that way by eating cheese rather than <laughs> having something <wrong> to
0: <laughs> It was the reality was he was eating cheese and drinking far too much tea and wine.
1: Yeah, it didn't explain the farts, but or the fact that number one has obviously run off because we haven't seen him well,
0: again. I was going to say the fact number one's vanished tells me that the cheese has just got too much for it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's passed out somewhere, or just left.
1: I, I'm actually wondering whenever we see Troy and Riker is number one with them. Ah. Is, is number, has well, number one run off?
0: See, I'd also wonder how was Riker, would you be slightly offended if you found out that you know your former commanding officer and friend has named their dog after you?
1: Well, yeah, number one probably also humps, humps the legs of furniture, just like Riker did, so. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Why? Why it's you like, called him that?
0: Well, to be fair, yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking, and obviously, you know, certainly both, you know, uh, both using a slang term and a reality term, Riker does like to get his leg over.
1: Literally, all fucking time. The man is unbelievable. In fact, actually, if you had, I had him and Dr. Bashir on the pool at the same time. No female of any description or chair would have been safe. (laughs) Two of the biggest horn monsters in in the history of Star Trek.
0: Well, they do say, yeah, and dogs will hump furniture. So, yeah, I think it all makes perfect sense. (laughs) So, Picard has the amusing scene, which you sort of see repeating things and they're going to end up repeating I've got the new James Bond film. But you have... Someone who's this well established character turning up and somebody doesn't on the front desk doesn't know who they are. A bit of a, a worn out joke, but still quite interesting. And then you can see this moment where Picard feels a bit, um, uh, what's the, how's the best way to describe it? Affronted by the fact yes. that uh, the guy says to him, It's nice to see you up and about, sort of thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like saying, We thought you were fucked, but I was really glad to see you. Yeah. It's kind of slightly insulting.
0: <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, this is something I found out later on that's very interesting, which is he goes in to see uh, the CNC, who is, well, I know she's called Kirsten. The the actress who plays her is Anne Magnusson, but he goes in to see her, and basically they're sparking off on another because he's saying, I, I, I need some help. There's this, uh, this sinister plot happening. And clearly, they've probably quite a tested relationship between each other. And he's sort yes. of saying, I want to get to the bottom of what's going on. There's this girl who, who plays an integral part what's happening. And it's not cutting it, is it? He's sort of saying, we can do this, we can do that. And she's saying, well, no, we can't. You, you, you're you a retired former admiral. And you also shafted us on television. Now,
1: oh, yeah. She was well fucked off with him. She really was.
0: hmm and even, I mean, you can see that Picard really does feel strongly about this because he's sort of saying, I'll even take a demotion and take a wee little ship to try and sort this out. And, well, comes out with my favourite line, I think, from the show, which I'm going to hand over to you, actually, to say.
1: <laughs> she said, the sheer fucking hubris, which was just perfect. See, they had worked together. She was on the bridge of the uh, Enterprise D.
0: She was. And she was a. Uh, yeah. Wasn't she a navigator or something?
1: Yeah. So things must have got really bad sometime after that for them to for them to just hate the sight of each other. You know, yes. Clancy, you call her Admiral Clancy. Oh, she was yes. really cheesed off with of them. Well, she actually goes on to explain to him as well that the reasons for abandoning the Romulans. And mm-hmm. to be honest, the way she puts it, it's it's kind of reasonable. The fact that fourteen other planets were going to pull up, pull out of the Federation. Yeah. Uh, the because they simply did not trust the Romulans. They thought the Romulans were up to no good. And here's an interesting thing. If you go to Discovery, the new season of Discovery, some of the promo shots that are out, it shows you the new Federation flag. And it doesn't have anywhere near the 90 stars that it had on it before. So there must be, over the years, an awful lot of the Federation partners start to
0: pull out. Mm. I like the fact, as you said to me, you could see the Federation's point of view. I know everyone's mm-hmm. supposed to think, oh yeah, Picard's on the money, he's spot on, he's right. But what they're saying is that you looking at the, uh, of the of what would have happened to just one species against all these other people who are involved in the Federation. You know, the impact would have been horrendous, but obviously they don't see it that way. Picard, and I think he's got some real balls to say this, starts sort of like threatening <laughs> the Commander in Chief. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's a, it's a case of on this occasion as well, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. I okay, It was a few million. It was a few million Romulans, but a hell of a lot more,
0: more or other other species. And the point you makes to him, you're not, you're not part of this anymore. You're out in the, you are out in the cold. You're not a member of staff. You've retired. Be on your way, basically, which is mm-hmm. what he does.
1: Look, we've all done that we've all left a job went told everybody go fuck yourself <laughs> and then suddenly thought shit I need I need a I need a sort of reference or I need something from my, my old employer yeah. I've left something behind the office <laughs> and you very sheepishly go back and go um do you know I told you to go fuck yourself well can I unfuck you for a wee minute and just get this from you
0: yeah <laughs> Picard is not going to be getting a good reference is he that's for sure
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's as well he's in retirement age because they work, She has, like, completely lived with him. I Mm. I don't think she can... I think actually, from her point of view, I believe that she's quite shocked that he doesn't see the bigger picture on this occasion.
0: Yeah, which is what surprises me, because you would think, and again, this is where you'll ask yourself the question, or I would ask the question, certainly for this episode and future ones, how much of Picard's reasoning is being coloured by his you know basically like you know mental health disability issue that's going to be coming down the line is that changing key elements of his personality because this idea just think about it. this idea of Picard is always seen as the most level-headed captain a bit more by the book than everybody else or certainly than Kirk so this is a bit more of what you'd expect of Kirk now I know in the past has got two fingers and said no to stuff, but this is a bit more of a sort of like, well I'll just go off do whatever crazy crap I want to do to, to try and resolve the situation.
1: Yeah, he um it actually it's slightly worrying for the characters having jumped ahead a wee bit for the characters that I end up being introduced in episode three. Because mm-hmm. not 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 to spoil things too soon, he's not telling anyone. I mean, I, I don't even know whether he, he's obviously not told. His home help that he has this. I don't remember them being told. So mm. he's keeping this really serious secret, one that doesn't impact just on him, but on, on the safety of everyone else around him. Mm. So that, that's actually quite selfish. That's maybe not the Picard that we would have recognized from before.
0: But is he maybe in the situation where he's older? He is on his own, he's grumpier, <laughs> I suspect.
1: We all go that way,
0: I'm afraid. <laughs> Yep. Anyway, so he's been kicked out and then you get to take a look at um, again, to me, it just looks like some weird like nightclub uh, where all the Romans, uh sort of live and do research stuff on this like rebuilt ball cube where it was interesting to see what they're doing is actually working on, you'll have to correct me and make sure I've got this right I bow down to your superior knowledge on this They're sort of like Taking former well, drones, is that correct?
1: Yes, they're, they're dismantling them effectively for their tech. Yeah.
0: And, yeah, using them to um, to basically further their own stuff. But you get a bit of – you get an interesting spread because it's people from all different sort of species of this thing. But, yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. Did you
1: notice the sign whenever they're all standing waiting to go through security? Uh, That's sort of like the nightclub-y scene. Uh, it looked like a goth club. Uh, there's a sign of it, and it says – so many days since in an a simulation, and that actually tracks sixteen years. Sixteen years since anybody had been assimilated on this artifact. I
0: just, uh, that's a sign, that that's quite a good one to have. So <laughs> I like that. So they've had this. They've all been having a chat. Basically, I think it's just an excuse to have like some sort of weird flirtation between the uh, the characters, uh, and then we cut to Picard's chateau, where he is. Well, the uh, Dr. Girati, I think she was called, reappears. Um, yes, I talking, And he's talking to Picard about the whole situation of what's happened with, basically what would have happened with Daj and sort of learning about the fact that she believes, well, that they think Picard's on the money for what's happening. We get a nice nod to the fact that they both enjoy drinking uh, grey tea, which is fair enough.
1: <laughs> only Picard's only decaf, because he's over, oh, yeah. it's not good for him.
0: Yeah, his system's been wrecked by alcohol and cheese, so let's be honest.
1: his <laughs> <laughs> it. in, internal organs, his IBS must be horrendous. <laughs> oh,
0: God, yeah, constantly... <laughs> Constantly stricken the poor man with constipation.
1: And ber- bear in mind, we're probably over halfway through the episode here, and we still haven't seen fucking number one. I mean, that poor dog. Whereas, <laughs> what have they done with
0: this dog? It's true, actually. Yeah, we've seen everything else. We've seen them making tea, which, unfortunately, oh, well, on this one, is not it's rep- not replicated using real products, including tea bags. It's obviously this view, isn't it, that what's going to happen is that the the Romulans are trying to sort of wipe all the evidence away. We've lost one of the sisters, so what is the situation with the other one? Who obviously we know, but Picard doesn't know, is in some weird, strange, fetish nightclub. Which, when you cut to it, where they're sort of dismantling bodies, yet again makes me feel that we're actually watching an episode of Hellraiser. Um all these people dressed in tight. <laughs> I know. And the face masks. Yeah.
1: You know what they were like? They were wee bit like cyber goths. Yes. I don't know if I've ever been any goth gloves, but they're like the cyber goths, you know, with, with the hair and the dreadlocks and the big trousers and the, and the DM boots and the glue sticks. And any moment, I expected them, VVM or whatever the fuck it's called, <laughs> to start playing. <laughs> At the very least, um, Nine Inch Nails Closer. <laughs> that would have been good. I'd like to have seen Trent Reznor hanging from that ceiling
0: definitely, <laughs> definitely. Spending,
1: spinning slowly around
0: <laughs> see what I also find interesting is the fact that they, they refuse to name the people they're sort of working on which I, I mean I kind of understand the are saying like why do you give them a name they had a species but that is actually probably a bit realistic in a sense because they always say that if you're a surgeon or they always say the difference between doctor and surgeon is a surgeon is generally sort of like when you meet them they're a bit of a colder person you don't interact with people in the level a say doctor does.
1: I know that for a fact. I haven't had a few operations over the years. Yeah. Certains are very different from
0: doctors. They're just, they're they're just the yeah. horrible people. Well, they're more to the point, aren't they? Mm-hmm. they? They get straight to it. So the interesting thing is we, that, and it, it becomes apparent later on is that the um, uh, dash or yeah, uh, no, not dash. The the sister who's on the ship is speaking to the people in their language. Who, uh, yes. who are all being hanged up. We then cut to a wonderful, uh, from a cinematography point of view, a lovely shot of Picard in his chateau. It's late at night. He's hopped up on, uh, well, something, not caffeine, but he seemed reflected into his, his clock, telling the time Then he makes a decision and, and gets a lovely little, looks like a pillbox, but it actually holds his communicator. Which yes, he TNG has, one as well. Yeah. And the thing I found really strange on this is that he treats the communicator like almost like a telephone. And I always used to think the communicator was just something that would contact a ship that couldn't actually be used for like communicating to everybody. It's like a telephone system. But he contacts somebody called Rafi, who's asking for help. He's asking her, in fact, for a ship. Yeah. Uh, It's
1: quite evident that these two have had a really bad history. Now, Rafi's actually, I think, in the the comic countdown. It's seen a wee bit before. But I love the way that he rings her up on his comms badge. And if that's anything like, you know what it's like these days when you ring anybody, if you don't recognize the number and you think, well, I'm not answering that. He'd have been better off texting her first and saying, can I ring you? (laughs) Because (laughs) people don't answer the phone anymore.
0: Yeah. The other one that got me is if I am ringing, this person using my communicator. So a couple of things. Firstly, I never thought a communicator would work that way, but what do I know? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not writing this show, but if we're, we're treating it as a reality thing, so this communicator can, can be used for making calls and tell me if you can see a, fa- a failing in what he's doing. A communicator is made by or used by and made by Starfleet. You would yes. think that Starfleet are probably going to have a very good way of logging. <laughs> All in going, uh, sorry, all outgoing and incoming calls. Um, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's a bit like that. Your telephone call is important to us and may be recorded for training
0: purposes. Yes, yeah, exactly. And there's obviously going to have real concerns about the, what he's doing. So you're pretty sure that, like, you know, Admiral Clancy would be listening in or saying to the people working below as the CNC, I think well, we might want to keep tabs on this sort of like slightly deranged old duffer who's come in. Uh, telling us stuff. Because the other thing that I was found interesting is that if I was her and Picard's talking to me, I would think that he's probably like bonkers.
1: Yeah. I mean, she, she don't forget because we kind of, uh, we may have jumped forward slightly. After Picard leaves Clancy in, in Star Trek and uh, Starfleet after yeah. the, the bit of the Mexican standoff, she contacts Commander O, which is just a great name for a commander. Like, it's like, Commander O. Oh my, Commander <laughs> Oma is what I really want to call her. And she's supposed to be Vulcan. But yeah. you get the impression that maybe she is, is she Vulcan? Is she not Vulcan? Is she maybe a Romulan? Because she brings another lieutenant, I think it in comes in. Yeah. And, uh, and says to her, you know, you need to keep keep on the mission. You then learn that uh, they were the ones that wiped out uh, Nadja. I was going to call her Nadja, but Nadja's from... Um, what we do in the shadows, Nash. Her name's too close to so many others, and uh, and for her to stay on mission, and then this this other this operative says, "Well, I have my best man on the job," who turns out to be her brother.
0: Yeah, so you you jumped ahead a wee bit there, but as you said, you that, get, there we go. They <laughs> had a the communication. Now I'm trying to work out who's actually higher up here because the the Vulcan is a Commodore, and that's right. I'm trying to look out. He's maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she isn't the C and C. Well, I always thought she was. But anyway, but what I love is it cuts to a scene after they've been discussing the concerns there between the Commodore and the Admiral. Basically, <laughs> Picard getting bollocked. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh,
1: I'm an overgrown schoolboy. In many many occasions, things that you never would have seen in TNG before.
0: Totally, but. <laughs> It just ties in perfectly to your comment last time About being like Looking after him like There there old man <laughs> Do you want a cup of tea? Are you alright?
1: You just can't leave him to his own devices He's telling everybody what his plans are He's going to Starfleet and asking for ships They think he's bonkers He's now started up another conspiracy somewhere else and he, He's just a massive he, He's just um, a trail of destruction all Around him at the moment
0: but it suggested to him that, you know, he, he, he needs to get someone to help him. And obviously, I like the, the required name check of, you know, Riker, Walter Get those people to help you. Obviously, the budget didn't stretch to bring them all in for the whole show. So...
1: No. Uh, you'd excuse people back and go, no, they would do it if I asked them, but I don't yeah. want to put them on under, you
0: know... Absolutely. I don't
1: want to put them in danger. And then that's when Sav- Savan suggests that he uses somebody he hates, and then he gets his communicator. his gives Rafi a call.
0: I think what had basically happened is the fact that um, Amazon was going, they want how much (laughs) to bring them back? I
1: I, I do love, actually, just thinking about it as well, Picard said, I'll take a a demotion. I'm just thinking, that is sheer fucking hubris. (laughs) I'm going back to that bit again. That that scene definitely plays so well. It's hard to nearly get past that scene. In that whole episode, that is the scene. The (laughs) fucking bastards and fucking hubris are, are just... You could have just showed those two scenes, actually, and I think everybody would have gone away, have
0: Well, it's the first big F-bomb that we've sort of had in Star Trek, to my knowledge. Um, Discovery.
1: Tilly says, this is fucking ah. cool. And by (laughs) goodness, people clutched their pearls all across the galaxy when they they heard an F-word in Star Trek. I oh, come on, people. This is the 21st century. Much, much worse (laughs) words that I could come off with now (laughs) that I don't know whether you'd really want me to say (laughs) than the word fuck. So...
0: The Commodore meets with the sister of the Romulan, whose name escapes me. Who's banging oh, the robot? There you go. Yes. I've got all the, uh, I've got all Malcolm Tucker on this des- description of Star Wars there. But well, they obviously have a meeting. They're talking to each other, aren't they? About them, saying that there's a prom here. The admiral's made me aware of it. Uh, we know Picard's up to something. We've got to stop him. And then Picard, it cuts to Picard in basically his old man leather jacket again. He um, he's going to see uh, the person who, at this point, we don't know who they are, who he had called, uh, who was Rafi.
1: Yes. We don't know whether it's male or female. Actually, yeah. I, just, I just remembered something. Whenever Narek's sister goes to visit her brother, no, when, whenever she goes to visit her brother on the artifact, mm-hmm. she hints that um, she had given him permission to um, seduce Suji. And yes. one thing I noticed was nobody made the bed. So not only did they not have a shower after I had sex, they didn't even make the bed.
0: Filthmongers.
1: And that is something that needed to be just highlighted. I'm just thinking <laughs> what's going on in that artefact. They're like students up there. The rooms are badly lit. There's goth music everywhere. <laughs> nobody's eating. You don't see anybody eating. And they're having yeah. sex continuously. I mean, it's,
0: it's yeah, very, imagine, very poor. Imagine what the smell must be like. <laughs>
1: I mean... the. Actually, jumping way, way ahead. Narek's sister actually says to to him at one point, I can smell her off you. I'm thinking, (laughs) well, I'm not surprised. There's no evidence that anybody has had a shower in any of these episodes. Because (laughs) for and having cheese and wine, and Narek (laughs) and uh, Suji are just smell of carnal, (laughs) carnal lust continuously.
0: Well, it's also the fact that if you think about it, they're also chopping up bodies. (laughs) <laughs> on this on this Borg Romulan cube thing. Ooh.
1: Well I mean if, if it's like a goth, a golf type club, they obviously are playing Drowning Pool Lot Let the, the Body Set the Floor. <laughs> has to be has to greatest song, like Let the Body Set the Floor. We just play we play twenty four seven across that cube.
0: And it'll stink like a slaughterhouse. The other thing I've just thought of when we talk about the issues with you know Picard and he's you know his uh, his bodily functions eating all that cheese. I think they were very brave. I think Picard's very brave to actually have lit fires in the house. Yes. We, let's be honest. <laughs> Would you want around them?
1: I, I I still understand why the dogs run off. I I really don't blame the dog for running off. <laughs> either either that or he's been assimilated. We're not really sure yet. <laughs> See if that pill comes back later on as a Borg. I will literally shit myself. <laughs>
0: If you, what, you, you, that would be scary, but it also I'd be even more scared by the fact that you managed to, uh, <laughs> to see it happening. that episode came to an end with the uh, the sister and the brother basically discussing the fact that the brother is a deep in deep agent trying to find out what's going on. <laughs> maybe, maybe at least possibly six inches deep agent. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no balls deep agent. Let's get ball's deep away. agent. It's a balls deep agent. <laughs>
1: Who <laughs> just enjoys the smell? I just, oh. I just keep thinking about that. you know, uh, and it doesn't make his bed. He's a dirty, dirty Romulan it's, bastard. Lara be absolutely disgusted
0: with him. You're right. He's basically a Romulan student, isn't he? A stinky, yes. filthy Romulan student.
1: Probably sits so over one pint the whole night as
0: well. So, so, are you all right if we dive into episode three? Oh, yeah, sure, go for it. So I love the fact Episode 3 opened showing us, again, it's a flashback to the past, but it showed us Picard basically at the top of his game uh, when he was an admiral after he'd sort of saved everything and when he'd had to go uh, to Starfleet to discuss his concerns um, about what what had happened after the um, incident, um, well, the, the Solar Flare sort of situation, as I understand it. You also got to see uh, Rafi, And you also got to see uniforms we've not seen before, unless you were someone who'd looked at comic books, where they'd showed that style of uniform that was different. I thought it could have been interesting. So if you've seen Picard as an admiral at this point, I think it could have been interesting if maybe he'd still been a captain and made him an admiral upon retirement as a way of like, shuffling him off. But it basically turns out that the problem is Picard has tried to hold starfleet to account over what's happened with the situation of mars everybody you know the synthetics killing everybody and he's saying that the situation i think if i've got it right he's sort of saying the situation needs to be looked at we need to find out the reality of what happened and um, just close everything down won't stop it and then he made the ultimate mistake people unfortunately in power mate which is he thought he was indispensable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And to yep. somebody as big as the Federation, even if he is a wonderfully, highly decorated animal, he's just a little minnow, isn't he, swimming round in the pond.
1: Her mm. ratfish, he just blew up her world at that point. She couldn't believe that he had said, if you won't help, because um, they're, they're, ba- they're banning siths, there's going to be a galaxy-wide on siths as well. Yep and uh, I keep thinking of those keyboards from the 80s every time I say that which would have been really <laughs> unfortunate because some really good music would have been done away with um, that he, he said well if you're going to do that I'll re- I'll resign and he took his rec- resignation but one thing I didn't understand was in that scene was he resigned and they fired her yeah. now, he was his ex on another ship why the hell did they fire her <laughs> that makes absolutely no sense to me because she from what we could see, well, from the evidence that's shown on the screen, she didn't do anything wrong. She was producing evidence for him to to carry on with, with you know the, the direction that had been going on, and she was producing evidence to support that. And then all of a sudden, she's fired.
0: Mm.
1: I don't, I didn't understand that.
0: Well, the only thing I can imagine is it could it be the fact that maybe she knew too much, or they felt she would be too loyal to him. But you're right, there's a complete lack of logic to that scene.
1: She hints like that she thinks that there's some sort of Romulan conspiracy, that they had actually been you know, part of the Utopia Plantasia or Plantasia Utopia. I'm really good with names tonight. You'll have to forgive me. It's just thinking cold. That they were actually involved in it, and they had reprogrammed the synths in some way. Because you could see F8, his eye sort of dilating in some way. It was like he was getting yeah. a, a, an upload of some description, or a download rather, some description. Um, some, some sort of malware being uh, put into him. But whether it was because she had actually said somewhere, you know, vocalized about this Romulan conspiracy and someone took her out, was it Commodore O? Mm.
0: And,
1: you know, 14 years ago, whatever rank she was, did she have a part in that? You don't know what that part, at that point, but it doesn't make sense that she is fired. I still can't. I've actually, it's funny because I watched different things to do with it over the last couple of days and nobody's yeah. mentioned that. Nobody said. Didn't, doesn't make any sense. You know, I was kind of hoping somebody might have a
0: theory somewhere because for
1: life, I mean, I have a no fucking clue what's going on there.
0: Because she says that, you know, you tend your resignation and I got fired. And, I mean, you can see that Picard, Picard says it was like his last throw of the dice. it was his gamble. Would he, he obviously thought they would keep him on. I was never sure what Rafi's post was, uh, what her rank was. I could never quite work that one out, whether she was a commander. But I was thinking if she was a commander, she would have worn red. So I'm not sure what her actual, you know, posting on the ship together was because it it isn't the Enterprise. Oh, I'm sort of spoiling for you, or hoping I'm not spoiling for you, but it wasn't the Enterprise they were on together. It was a no, different. No, it
1: was it. it was a later ship, um, and yeah. and she was supposed to have been the XO. So right. Okay. She would have been quite high up. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck did got rid of her? I mean, <laughs> who knows? I I I'd say that is a major feeling. Now, I must admit, I enjoyed episode three better than episode two. I thought episode two was a wee bit choppy. I thought they were trying to do too too much. Um, I, still can't, I still can't really warm to Soji. I don't know if the actress or the character, but I still don't find her. She doesn't have the X Factor that Data had or the yeah. war or, or B4. There's just, or Lal. She, there's just something, it's hard to warm to the character.
0: I know um, what you mean, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm just not getting her at all. So I was kind of glad whenever we went into episode three and we were able to see other characters and Rafi being one of them. Mm. Uh, certainly she's quite shocked that Picard has come back into her life because she's extremely bitter after what had happened 14 okay. years ago. Yeah. Because in the uh, conversation, it's quite evident that he hadn't supported her or done yeah. anything for her, actually. As she slipped back, in, back into her addiction, habit again. Yeah. And he, just, just, he just stood back.
0: And let her Yeah, because Rafi was a bit like the, the, it's a bit of a cliche thing, but she was a bit like the cliche, you know, the burnt out ex cop who's lost everything, mm. who's got, uh, well, she's got, she smoked some sort of flower she grows. She's probably got a bit of a drink issue because she, he's knocking back the old wine that he brings to her. But she yeah. says, sort of, yeah, like you said, she's basically saying, you've left me out to dry, you know, you've gone off to live your life and I'm living in this trailer.
1: Yeah, uh, well, lucky for her, she's actually living in Vasquez Rocks, which is a big Star Trek backdrop. I mean, the Gorn was there. It was the first time we have seen the Gorn. It was Kirk oh. fought the Gorn. Yeah, and it's that location. And it actually features in quite a lot of the different Star Trek series. Because as soon as I seen it, I thought, I know that. It also slightly reminded me of our trailer. Trailer sitting out there, or I thought, this is like Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Do you remember he lived in the trailer out in the beach?
0: <laughs> yes, and you're right. And it Ties in perfectly with the um with the burnt out cop thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously,
1: burnt out cop, you have to go out on your own somewhere. It has to have sand near it. It doesn't. It can be a <coughs> desert or it can be a beach, but there must be sand. It's stipulated. Well, you well, go, once you get your papers, whenever you leave the job, whenever you throw yeah. your gun down and your badge onto the desk, and <laughs> i disgust and Saying you'll never see me again and all that, and then any other 80s cop cliche stuff. Then you have to go and find somewhere with sand.
0: Yeah, just before you leave the door, the captain goes, and well, where are you going to live again?
1: <laughs> Somewhere sandy. Yeah. Somewhere that Anakin Skywalker would have hated.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That's, so That's
1: a high ground there, but in Vasquez rocks. It might not have been too bad for him.
0: So we jump from that moment of tension back to the Romulan-Borg cube thing, and we see the return, don't we, of an old character? And it took me a little bit of time to actually twig who it was. But it was the character of Hugh, who was a Borg in the next gen, if I've got it right. Who, he was, uh, yes. Well, you might be able to answer this better than me. Was he taken, was he like, did he split from the collective and the Geordie helped him come back into normalcy? Have I got that right?
1: Kind of. What had happened was they had picked up a distress signal on a planet. And whenever they landed, they realised it was Borg. And they made a decision to bring what was evidently a very young Borg on board. And over a period of time, Geordie was kind of very influential with him, helping them get his humanity back. But then Picard used him as a, um, as a sort of a weapon of mass destruction. They reprogrammed him, put him back into the Collective again. Um, and the Collective became, that particular part of the Collective then, became infected by uh, individualism. And that's how they end up. They split off from the collective later on, and then Lore finds them. He finds he finds, yeah. and that, that that takes that story later on. So, whenever last time we seen Hugh, he was he and the ones that 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 um, had that fought against Lore were actually making decided to strike out on their own. So somehow, Hugh, who is a, really he's the perfect one for helping these people who had been bored. Mm. Um, to readjust again um interestingly enough it's certainly come a long way as well because whenever they tried to take his borg implants away and help him i think against our next generation it was much more difficult you couldn't separate the person from the borg part but it's so obviously been quite successful now because they're doing it on a daily basis but he has a false eye <laughs> and you see bits of implant in his face where they filled it in but his voice was quite modulated. Whenever we see him in TNG, he had that sort of modulated sound that the Borg mm. have. but now he has a normal voice, and he's, he's quite a, a rich, melodious voice, really, whenever you hear him in real life. But I think if I hadn't have known that he was coming into it, I'm the same. I would have. I probably would have been sitting through the episode going, I know that guy from somewhere, and I can't think.
0: <laughs> and they've kind of gone, I think, with this, the way they've made him look, is they've sort of tried to go with a bit of a Frankenstein's monster-style look, maybe. A little bit botched up, but looking a bit more human than you expect. So they're having some sort of conversation, aren't they, about like, getting involved with working with the Borg, uh, people who were left over, the dr- former drones. And then it sort of jumped from that. There's obviously, again, some sort of, sort of thing about it. it. was coming from high-up Romulans asking to have this done. And then we jump to... Picard, dragging his tired, 94 year old self through the desert <laughs> to find Raffi. Oh, <laughs> gosh, there...
1: yeah. Oh, boy, that that wasn't a fun... Now, lucky enough, he had brought the, the wine. The wine, interestingly enough, was, she asked him what's the '86, which was the year that they announced uh, the next generation. But, uh, yeah, she is really, really fucked off with him. Uh, she really is. She's lucky, actually, she doesn't bust a cap on his ass. It's only the wine that saves them in the end. And she, she actually throws the water out of her glass to make room for the wine and then sits down to have a vape. Now I, I didn't realise vaping was still a thing in the 24th century. I thought by then people, okay, it's drug-induced vape. And she mm. bits it. Snake leaf that she's using because she, she takes it off. She actually has a grown on her property. Again, it's just quite handy. Didn't see Mel Gibson obviously missed out in that bit. That was a yeah. bit, of the, uh, bit of the contract he didn't realise he was supposed to sign that day. So you're supposed to grow your own drugs.
0: <laughs> when well, he sort of chased her down there chatting, she's, she's gone far now. She's not even interested in drinking out of a glass, is she? She's just drinking it straight out the bottle.
1: But their conversation doesn't go, go well at all. Yeah.
0: She basically um, tells the, him to bug like,
1: uh, her off. <laughs> basically. Like, <laughs> she's, uh, she's nursing that bottle of wine like a... Uh, like it's some sort of like milk bottle, and as as, as a child, stopping away. And um, but good honor, even though she absolutely hates him and can't forgive him for what he had done, she uh, she does tell him she's got him a pilot, which is probably That's more brief. than he can, he can expect from her because he can't persuade her to, to do anything. She's still convinced that the Romulans were part of the um, the explosion on Mars. That was all mm. to do with them. And he's saying, yeah, there is a Romulan conspiracy, but I still don't think it's Mars. He still can't get his head around the fact that the Romulans would actually scupper their own chances of being rescued, because that's the ships that were being made at the time.
0: Yeah, and again, that sort of maybe kicks in with this thing of Picard becoming a bit more stubborn. The scene then jumps to, it's Japan, I think, isn't it, where Dr. Idrati's sat listening to music on a... I'm sure they're not meant to be, but I just think Apple, you know... (laughs) Oh, no, it's Amazon. Sorry, what product do Amazon create It's (laughs) wireless (laughs) headphones... Amazon branded, I'm sure, wireless headphones. and then,
1: Yeah, they're pretty much like that. Then
0: turned turns out that Commodore O just appears. I'm assuming, I mean, I would have loved to have seen her beam in, but she just turns it. Well, she's also, oh, I found out, she's the director of Starfleet Security. So yeah. that lady is the CNC, um, the other admiral.
1: She, she has on these dark glasses. Yeah. She's gone the whole Roy Orbison. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: the other thing that got me is, if you look at the scene there, Arrays have suddenly gone really sticking out. Where she's, yeah. I mean, really sticking out. She looks like she's some sort of like troll, or she's
2: <laughs>
0: she gone very Lord, Lord of the Rings. rings. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: she really has. Any moment, I think by the end of the series, she turns into Gollum.
0: <laughs> so they have a conversation about like, what do you know? What have you been told, etc. Then we've cut back to Hugh in the Bondage Club. I don't know. I've just noticed something. I'm getting slight on the clothing. I don't know if you ever watched it, but like the Babylon 5 vibe. And some have to, of
1: that is one of the things on my list that I have to watch. It and Scar Battlescar, Battlescar? There we go. <laughs> Battlescar Galactica. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Battlescar. If,
1: if you're in a battle, you're going to have scars. Yeah, so it may, actually, I would have been a better name for it. But yeah, that that's on my list. But I, I know what you mean. Yeah. And promos that I've seen off it, yes. It does have
0: that vibe to it. Well, there was, on a Star Trek link to it, going off on a tangent, but well, that's what we do. Walter Koenig was in some episodes of that where he was playing some sort of real badass, and he wore sort of like the similar stuff to like what Hugh has on in this. But we've learned that what happens is the Romulans who were not, should we say, who have once been Borgs, who were not very really well, I think I've got the um, who have not been turned back to normal Romulans, all very yeah, much. Like,
1: definitely a problem there with Romulans, don't seem to assimilate terribly easily.
0: Yeah. And they've all gone, they've all been sort of like, you know, come back out from being bores and gone a bit bonkers. The things I've now learned about being in a mental institution are you become very good at jigsaws and you become exceedingly good at Rubik's Cube. That's
1: yes. oh, a not champion. Absolutely. It's very one flew over the hoogah's nest, really, that scene.
0: <laughs> so, so they meet some woman who's going to become very important. And (laughs) you see Picard uh, talking to Rafi again, where she's obviously started doing her own research, and she still answers the phone to Picard where he basically says, I know you're doing your research. And he does something that really made me think of my dad, which is even the person says, I'm not going to help you. Or he says, well, yeah, just carry on with what you're doing. Get on with it. (laughs)
1: Yes, that's definitely an old person's thing. That's either an old person or somebody in charge. Yes, that's fine. I hear what you're saying, but I'm not listening to a word you're telling me. Just fucking do it.
0: Yeah, well, it's with my dad, it's his former chief executive head on. So <laughs> I recognise that. I really do recognise that with him. He'll just go, yeah, this is what you need to do. Get on with it.
1: <laughs> do you know what? He's, he's a teasing bastard because he knew rightly she wouldn't be able to resist. Once he mentioned the Romulans because she's quite obsessive. I mean, he had said to her at one point in early stages that you see things that others don't. Whether she says sees dead people like Sixth Sense, we don't know yet. But she sees, he sees links to things. I probably if this had been set more in this era or 10, 20 years ago. She'd have been the one with the photographs up on the wall and the red bits of wool between oh. them all making the links.
0: Yeah. She'd be the slightly bonkers, unhinged... Well, she's the ex-cop. She's the unhinged ex-cop who can't give up that one last um, case she couldn't solve, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. She has document. She has documentation everywhere, you know, in her, in her fire system. <laughs> it's a complete mess. Just... Still went out and bought that string just in case. And uh, yeah. then Picard turns up. And Picard, I suppose, he meant everything to her. I think he was pretty much a father figure. And she, she's still hurting a lot, but she can't resist a mystery.
0: Mm. Uh, and then it we get to meet, or, well, yeah, we do sort of get to meet, but with a bit of a twist. Picard beams into a ship and he gets to meet his captain. Well, yeah, it is the captain of the ship, or so we think. Yes, I'm so weird.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that this guy, this captain, um, who I would sing, but I can't sing. So I'll just say the sing words. I keep going to sing, his name is Rio and he dances on the sand. Because
0: <laughs> Chris, well, Chris Rios. Um, Rios,
1: that's it. So oh, there we go. Yeah. I, I do my own joke there. His name is Rios and he dances on the sand
0: who seems to have a, we initially think we're meeting him, but we're actually meeting his EMH, who is him.
1: <laughs> How vain is that? He has an EMH who is, who's looks like him, only he has slick back hair, because so, that's obviously a vital thing, and a black and a black, yeah. um, lab coat. And then we, we walk into the bridge, and there he's sitting like, they throw a Han Solo, Raiders of the Lost Ark type characters that yeah. he, he's injured and he's smoking a cigar again. There's an awful lot of smoking in this episode, considering mm. Gene Roddenberry didn't really like, didn't, had refused tobacco advertisements for Star Trek. And we've already had vaping and now we've had a cigar with uh, with a new captain and he's sitting we- with a bit of titanium in his shoulder.
0: Which is quite ironic with going back to G. Robry because he was an incredibly heavy smoker. So.
1: Yeah, well apparently he had a cigarette advertisement. and anytime you've seen cigarettes actually in, in Star Trek uh, I mean the Frankies when they accidentally go back to World War II can mm. smell it and they are like oh my good grief, what is that? And somebody says, well that's that's a really dangerous substance. And mm. anytime it's mentioned I want the Orville did the best one whenever the two big ones that look like Wharf because they were supposed to take a Star Trek. They get hooked mm-hmm. on cigarettes. I love that. That was, that was just brilliant. But yeah, he's sort of sitting there and he has an airplane moment where he pours out a drink and think he's going to drink it and he throws it over his wound. And I thought, well, there's a guy with a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> I have a drinking problem. I can't find my mouth. So he throws it over his shoulder, which is just seems an awful waste of
0: good drink. But he's, uh, he's really tough. You know, he's going that, as you said, it's all the um, the obvious sort of tropes, would we say? Uh, the stuff, you know, he won't have his, his uh, wound stitched up because he's too manly and tough. And he'll smoke his cigar.
1: He doesn't care, you know. And homoerodically, he sets her with his shirt off for most of the conversation. That's
0: true. I didn't think of that one. What well, it's,
1: it, it, it's all the boxes. It tastes all the, all the alpha male things that you expect.
0: That's true. That's true. So... We then, there He and Picard have this great conversation, like, I can smell that you have, you know, I can smell it on you. You're Starfleet through and through. Your ship's wonderful. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's like, we've got to move this one along somehow. So, obviously, we've seen he's a good guy, and we cut to a Rafi who's on the computer and finds some sort of, you know, hidden message.
1: Yeah, I was just noticing, actually... She finds some information, something linked with free cloud, which made me automatically think of some sort of cloud storage. But I think yes. free cloud is actually a place. But that confused me at first because of am IT, and I went, free cloud? Okay, where's that back up to? <laughs> I started thinking of the, the cloud principles for security of information. But, um, yeah, it's this, this place called free cloud is mentioned. But I've never heard of it before.
0: Oh, I haven't. Interesting. It cuts back to the ship where... The captain has an argument with his holographic doctor self. And he's sort oh. of saying, Are you even slightly, con- you know, wanted to work with a wonderful, brilliant Picard? And that's the thing you've, that comes, you know, to this point to me, it sort of hits you. Picard is a huge figure, isn't he? I mean, we always know he has been, but he's sort of recounting just a few of his greatest hits, you know, like Captain Enterprise, he worked with Spot, you know, he did all these things. You okay. know, you're going to want to work with him.
1: Yeah, the, the, that that was the emergency navigational hologram. He had possibly the worst accent I've ever heard on Star Trek yet. He sounded like he was going, Oh my goodness, they're going to take me Lucky Charms. Which oh, a not the
0: card? is not what Is he supposed to be Irish?
1: <laughs> well, well, he sounded more like definitely the Lucky Charms advert. You know, the American one? Who stole me Lucky Charms? And I thought, Bigora. And all sorts of shite. And uh, yeah. I, I was actually glad when he got rid of that emergency hologram because what the hell were the thinking there about that? Well that, I'd be worried about that navigating first.
0: What start. he should have done. What he should have done to really add to the uh, to the, the things he, he didn't say to be sure, did he? He should have uh, no. said, somehow snuck in to be <laughs> to be sure.
1: Sure. <laughs> you know, I didn't understand it. I thought, Why this guy is well, I I'm actually began I think this guy is so paranoid he won't let anybody into his life that he has to have really bad versions um, he has a doctor version and he has a navigator who um definitely stepped out on American advertisement
0: you might really be on something about his paranoia oh,
1: yes he because um, I mean his uh, emergency EMH said to him would you not want to work with a heroic captain again and he said no because the last time that happened I'm still having nightmares about the last captain his brains being blown out or his blown. oh yeah yeah, he mentions that there's brain. Some extremely violent thing had happened to that captain, and he doesn't want to go back to that again. So I think the guy's maybe suffering from a bit of PTSD, and certainly he's become very introvert and quite angry, and I think he's punishing himself. The very fact that he wouldn't allow his wound to be healed up, bearing in mind that they have, they can completely repair human tissue. With, with no issue at all, but he was happy enough to let that <laughs> subjugate. I really do hope they have tetanus in the 24th century.
0: Yeah, the fact that he'll only have the, the fake people around him because it means there's no way anyone could get hurt. Who's... Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm.
1: No, he, he does seem to be a good friend of Rafi's, as we'll learn later on, mm-hmm. but she's maybe one of the few people that he lets into her life, and vice versa, actually. You know, mm-hmm. that they, they, they both ex Eventually found each other somewhere, probably pished, and uh, our high as a kite. Maybe they woke up <laughs> together.
0: That wouldn't surprise me. In fact, for future episodes, wouldn't it be interesting if they go onto the ball cube? <laughs> Get jiggy on oh the ball God. cube.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, you're not allowed to wash, but you have to do it in your underwear. Ooh. <laughs> and your woman are still going at it because his sister's freaking <laughs> raging. She's strangely jealous. Of there, there's That's, a whole cersei Amister yeah. thing going on with the woman.
0: I thought I that. You know what's even scary, though. What you know how she's like appears as a hologram. What she appears and watches. Yes. Oh. <laughs>
1: oh I, mean, I, I I'd like to think she's in the corner saying, "Have a shower, have a shower." Oh my gosh, they're not watching. <laughs> sure. Oh dear, good grief! Take your clothes off. No, they're not yeah. anything. Maybe they don't take <laughs> the clothes off because they know she's in the corner watching. <laughs> That's why. Ooh. That's why they've, oh, they. Oh, it develops yeah. there, but. Develop the ability. It, there'll be one of those ones as well that they'll get up. I was actually quite surprised they didn't get up, and she didn't wrap a complete sheet round her, even though they spent all night ham shagging. It's yeah. vital at that point that she must be completely covered. But they went, they went around it the different way. They had her in their in their sports gear. I in Sports Direct must have actually they sponsored that particular scene.
0: One of the things we've noticed that's a bit sort of weird and creepy throughout these episodes is the fact that obviously there is a relationship between a Romulan spy, uh, a Cyborg, assuming and strange. The Romulan spy's sister. There is some. Yeah, I mean, you were right, John. You were on the money when you said there's some sort of slight incestuous vibe, isn't there?
1: Definitely. She. um I get the impression that she's doing the chasing, and he's not. He's yes. maybe had a wee diddle there at some point, but I don't know how the Romulans feel about things like that. I don't know whether it's against their culture or whether their culture permits incest, but definitely. Her interest in her brother is quite creepy. Now I think she agreed to him sleeping with Soju uh, yeah. to um, you know, to so that he could sort of get in deep with her, as it were, as we said before.
0: But A bold, deep agent.
1: Bold, deep. That's exactly it. But she's really not happy about it. No, she's She's not. quite worried about her brother falling for for mm. this uh, for this synth as well. And um, I think that's bugging the hell out of her because obviously this person must be a uh, shit for it, as uh, as we we'll forever know them as. And um, that goes completely against what they stand for. They hate AI for whatever reason. Maybe they hate AI because whenever we see the reaction whenever um, Soji goes to visit the Romulans that had been simulated and who were in the funny form part of the part of the the cube that uh, their reaction to her, Uh, the guy with the Rubik's Cube, his Rubik's Cube, um, he's going to hell for leather like a mad, And Mm. the one who has the cards, who she wanted to go and see, she sees her. Eventually, they have a strange conversation about mythology, and it's not mythology, it's news and all this here. And um, she recognises her as Soju, as a Soju or Soji, before I go on.
0: Soji, I think, because just prior to that scene, you see this fact that Picard is sort of, he knows he's going to be leaving his chateau, so he's drinking in all the, 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 um, the scent, the smells and sounds and everything of, of the air, and he's just sort of saying he's going to miss it, but they've sort of like it said that he's going to be going. But yeah, we then jumped to like, you know, one, uh, one through of the cuckoo's nest for the Romulans. Yes. And it was a, it's a really weird scene to watch. Um, cause as I understand it, they're all the Romulans who were once Borg who've not been so well, as you said, after they've come out of it. And so do you start speaking to the lady who's there in Romulan. Yeah, very odd scene. But then we, we then jump out of that to the complete badassery that is you know, old man Picard's home help, who are more than just his meals on wheels keeping the house tidy, clearly. The place comes under attack, and these guys are, like, kicking the crap out of them, aren't they? The um, yeah.
1: Total John Wick scene, this one. It was brilliant. God, yeah. yeah,
0: total John Wick, actually, yeah.
1: yeah. And the then... thing about it was that, that purple card once again, I don't know what the hell card's made of. He has a titanium frame that he had stolen from Logan whenever he was doing his wee diddly time in the X-Men. <laughs> but he gets thrown across the room and nothing gets broke again. I mean, what the hell is this man made of? His brain's not great, but the rest of him is absolutely fantastic. But they, yeah, um, yeah his, his housekeepers, his home help, just, I mean, it's quite, it's quite a nasty battle. Um, it, it looks like they're all going to get shot at one point. Whenever a last minute assailant comes through the door, but who is mysteriously then shot by Agnes, who appears from nowhere. Mm. Mar actually has a, a rifle in her hand as well. I really don't like
0: her. She gives me the willies. Well, it's interesting that also they have sort of guns hidden in the house, their own blasters, to that. That shoot yeah. people. But I noticed something, because obviously I've got this running on, on quiet, it's the fact that we do see Picard's cane reappear, um, which we'd not seen up to this point. We mentioned, didn't we, earlier, that suddenly had no need for the cane and uses the cane to attack somebody. But yeah, interesting, very interesting. But you're right, she suddenly appears. And that makes me start to wonder, is she more than we know?
1: Yeah, she's come to warn them. Because Commodore O had come to see her and she was telling that, that um, Commodore O had come to see her, but she didn't tell tell her everything. But it just seemed, it seemed a bit of an odd time.
0: She grabs a gun, kills somebody, which of course she makes up she doesn't know about. And then, yeah, it's an odd one. I wonder if she's going to turn out to be more than we thought.
1: Well, she's Is a she... no, very annoying ditzy blonde. Uh, for all her intelligence, it's just
0: yeah, a true. shame
1: on my tip, I have to say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the character, but it could be that's deliberate, you know, that the character develops. And I mean, there was um, there was a character in Enterprise, uh, the Asian character who in the Terran universe became the Empress. Mm. And uh, her name's gone right of my head. And uh, she really annoyed me to start off with, but over the time, she became an an incredibly good character. This is one of these instances again where somebody's probably sitting listening. to This going for fuck's sake? Can you remember <laughs> the name of nothing? I can't remember the name of anything. <laughs> Iron cold flu remedy. Leave me alone. <laughs> Card has so, a cheese. I have parsley tomorrow.
0: Yeah, well, it's but it's wine. obviously, the <laughs> what I love in this scene is they they get the guy, one of the Romulans, and they sort of like they've got him tied to a chair and. The uh, what's he called the male home help um, Zaba was yes. going to give me you know a bit of a slap, but they decided to like spray him with either Febreze or <laughs> <laughs> Febreze. <I love> that. <laughs> they either Febrezed him or they were using smelling salt. I'm not sure which, but they brought him around. Do
1: you know what I actually think that spray was? Do you know when ever particularly dogs hump furniture, people have a habit of spraying them. In. <laughs> That probably was number one spray. And uh, and that's what she was hitting him with. There, there's an interesting bit, actually. Um, she, Lara, Lara says that, and you find out why some of them have bumps on their forehead and some of them don't. She says he's, he's a stubborn northerner, just like you. And... Uh, Flex them on the forehead, on the ridges, and I'm thinking, this is just like Northern Ireland, North and South, we're the stubborn <laughs> Northerners. Yeah. We, all, we all have ridges up here, compared to <laughs> the Irish. <are. laughs> they're lovely soft accents. So this is why the Northerners are all really vicious and nasty, and that's why they're the mercenaries. Who's <laughs> <laughs> along uh, with the accent?
0: <laughs> I, I, I will say absolutely nothing at this point. I'm staying out of this. <laughs>
1: Whereas but, they are, I've got the lovely soft accent and the lovely foreheads, and we have the big foreheads, and they're see, really I, aggressive.
0: <laughs> see, I still think I was right. It wasn't dog pumping stuff, it's Febreze, because of the cheese farts, but... Um, that actually makes a lot of sense. It does, you see. we're not just It's not just a hat rack, I do not think about these things. Um, so, <laughs> they're the back into the one floor of a cuckoo's nest, padded cell, and the talking to the lady who's you might understand this better than me, but she's doing some sort of like weird jigsaw, isn't she, on the yes. table?
1: It reminded me of a thing I had as a kid, and it was called Triominos. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was dominoes, but but it was triangular. And uh, I, I couldn't quite see the links between the pieces, but whether it's like tarot cards or however it is, but, I mean, Suji, she recognises that there's one of them's a door. So apparently the Romulans have, <laughs> this sounds really wrong, they have back doors. They have a false <laughs> door. They think we've got a wee bit of back door for their action. That's, really cool. what that's what I was saying. There's a bit of backdoor action there with Romulans. <laughs> so she sits behind Sal- Sal- No, no, gosh, I can't remember her name now. Unfortunately, I've had to move to another room. I'm a bit of paper with all the names on it. that's in the other other room. But she, okay. she sits. she sits behind this Romulan, and uh, and they they start talking, and they get more into the mythology, and and. The Romulan says she doesn't like that word. It's it's news. So she was saying everything is like time was linear. I think right. everything was happening really at the one time. But she suddenly puts down a card, and she knows that soji is the Great Destroyer. Well, she actually says, "Which one of the twins are you? Are you the one that lives, yeah. or the one that dies?" And then she calls with the
0: Great Destroyer. And you saw I was as I've got it really now because we're, we're on that scene. You see this like. Thing go through her eyes Like almost an electronic thing So she must still have Some sort of like bog thing that's in there Because her eyes do this electronic flicker or they Oh seem I f- never know Yeah I, Well I didn't see it until now It's quite a weird little point And then we cut to the fact That yeah He's a stubborn northerner Like you were on that Absolutely stubborn I
1: That made me laugh Really did I, I find that bit Absolutely hilarious Probably for different reasons Than other people People went Oh so that's the reason For the ridges Me I just find it really funny
0: well, I think you're probably onto an in, an in joke actually there. So. No. <laughs> but, uh, it goes back to the, the, the room and it, it, yeah, there's something really strange because she obviously knows, like, uh, as it's called Ramda, the, uh, yeah, the, the Romulan. She has some sort of insight into what's going on. And she was, yeah, they, they start trying to talk to her about the fact she was once assimilated and something and what happened. And then basically, Shit gets real, as they say, because she sort of like cracks, doesn't she? She cracks up and, uh, starts getting very emotional. So she's trying to get her to talk to her about it more. And yeah, things get difficult. And we're seeing like the way they shoot it is brilliant. They're building up the tension. So they're trying to cut between Picard is saying, like, why did he kill the girl? What happened? And he's sort of saying, well, she's not a girl. There's, there's, there's far more to it. And they're doing a tension build between. Uh, the people, and it comes to the great point you made, which is which sister are you? Who are you? Which is the question Soji's being asked, isn't she, by the by Randa. Uh, uh-huh. and it's yeah, it's an interesting tension, Bill. But you try, yeah, then, then we just get very, uh, here we go. Now, the as you, I'm sure, remember. Guns get drawn in the old uh, mental institution part and just beat down to going on at the guard's <laughs> shutter.
1: Yeah, yeah that, that's, I mean, there's been a lot going on. I mean, that security guard, she was able to get the gun off him, uh, around, uh to, to shoot herself. The, the Roman was going to shoot herself and so she, she wrestles it from her and, and saves her. I, I mean, Hugh Borg must be thinking, what is going on here? I've brought this person in. I authorized this person to come in because he, initially they're challenged before they go into the, the um, the funny farm room. And um he says it's my authorization. I'm the director here.
0: He does but I mean, yeah, yeah. As he well does. I'm with a Romulan. I'm and saying. then you can see the, the the chap they were trying to interrogate, um, takes a like a cyanide pill, goes all alien, spitting blood. Yeah. Uh, and the gun's taken off the Romulan uh in the mental infirmary. But she seems well she was gonna take a life and you wonder if she's taken it because of something that's come back to her. Or is it something that's inbuilt into, like, programming that makes her want to kill herself? And then you see, like, the twin sister thing on the, the cards she's been playing with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, interesting. And then it cuts to um, a conversation, doesn't it, between Soji and her mother, uh, which is really weird because she's sort of suggesting the sister's still alive. She keeps saying, well, where's my sister? What's she up to? And she's going, oh, she's alive. She's fine. Which we obviously know is not the case. No. So, is she talking to, is a mum real? Is a mum... A computer image, or is her mum just, um, but you know, a sleep agent like everybody else seems to be at this point?
1: Yeah, I, I actually thought her mum was maybe a computer program.
0: Yeah, she, I would like that. Uh,
1: yeah, I think she was downloading something into Suji at that time because she passes out. It's yes. like she uh, goes offline for a while.
0: That's true. Yeah, so she goes offline, and then um, what the hell was he called? Oh, Narek. Nope. Narek. Thank you. Yeah, Narek comes in. <laughs> And that, that, they're the sort of saying, having a conversation. She's wanted to check about what she's doing. And uh pardon the pun, I think he's just pumping it for information.
1: <laughs> that is the best description of it. And here, what a what a dirty bastard he was. He distracted because she's trying to say, look, I don't know why I knew all this information. I must have accidentally read it. There must have been files that should yeah. have been encrypted that weren't or classified in some way. And he's gone. I think I love you. And yeah, you, you know, you just think. She's young, she believed him, but uh, anybody else sitting watching me going, oh yeah, classic distractor there, mate. I think I'm falling in love with you. Not even I'm in love with you. I think I'm falling in love with you. So that was just that was dirty work on his part. Oh. But he does, But his sister does seem to think that her brother's fallen in love with the, with their synth.
0: Mm, which is certainly a possibility, but I'm not too sure how that's no. going to pan out. And then of course, and this is what the total thing where there's some really freaky, like, you know, because he cuts to the sister, doesn't it? Where I think the sister is there, is she there in real time? Yeah, she must be in real time, because she's got a normal ears. Well, alien ears. And it's really, yeah, there's something definitely, the, the way they get so close to each other, and they interact with each other, there's definitely some sort of weird incestuous crap going on here. I'm convinced of because <laughs> she sniffing him.
1: <laughs> Why are you sniffing your brother? I have two brothers, I have never sniffed them. Never, I've never wanted to sniff them either. They have never sniffed me. We're a very close family, but not that way. Yeah. though ironically, I do play Cersei Lannister. Right? Well, I don't play her. Sorry, I cosplay Cersei Lannister.
2: Yes. You so,
1: do, yes. Yeah. Well, oh, dear, oh my poor brother gets Graham. The, the brother who cosplays, he gets something. He gets a piss taken out of some shotgun every time I'm in that costume. <laughs> but no, there's, so no they... there's nothing going on like that. <laughs>
0: Absolutely understood. So there are, they've got... their. I mean, they just get too close. It's just wrong. There's definitely... I mean, they've got to have written it that Well, We can't just be seeing this. It can't oh, just no. be us. <laughs> I
1: mean, maybe his sister wore sports bras. Maybe, maybe it's the sexy gear for the 24th century.
0: <laughs> so... The decision has been made that they're going to go, because it cuts to Picard and the Doctor, and they're going to go and help out. Well, Picard has made a decision he's doing what he's going to do. But the Doctor basically says, yeah, I'm going to come with you. I've killed somebody. I've got nothing worth sort of eye around for anymore. Things have gone wrong. I'm going to come and join you. And I'm looking at it. I'm getting the same thing you got with this captain. You know, the one who hangs around with all computerized duplicates himself. It's very much a Han Solo vibe because he's on some weird sort of junky ship. Yeah, definitely Han Solo vibe. Looks like some sort of weird freighter. And the Doctor says, I'm this wonderful person who can do all this stuff with, you know, I know everything there is to know about synthetics. So I'm going to go, uh, they go onto the, the ship, or well, they beam onto the ship, and yeah, it, it's an interesting sort of progression. And then who should appear but Raffi? Raffi. Who has pretty or cool somebody
1: hat. else who you think, no, <laughs>
0: Oh, it's Raffi. I'm just looking at things. she has pretty cool hair. So... <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> it's like huge, big hair. But it's interesting how she's still sort of sticking two fingers up at um, the car, isn't she, saying, I'm not going to sort of basically work for you.
1: <laughs> I had lost you. I had completely lost you. All I got was, I knew she'd appear, but and
0: then you went. <laughs> oh, did you lose me entirely? Sorry. No, I was saying, yeah, uh, it, no. it, it was Raffi. Uh, I was saying she has very cool sort of big hair. Um but the interesting thing is she basically you're still getting this thing that Picard's going against all the odds because people aren't willing to uh sort of work with him so much, are they? She's sort of saying, I won't do anything with you and she seems suitably unimpressed no, by her.
1: She says, Look, I'm I'm common, but I want to go to Free Clyde and I've I've found things out, but I'm not I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing she's doing it for her. Yeah. And which is completely you, different, yeah. I don't know how he feels about that. Don Bacardi probably quite hopes that he'll persuade her to, you know, to, to come on to his side and just stay.
0: Which I'm sure he will. I mean, I also now, thanks to you, see free Clarice. Hello? Since... Hello? Have I gone again? Fuck. I'm there? Can you still hear me? Oh. Hello?
1: Yeah, I can. I don't know what happened. Lost you again?
0: Hello? Well, well, hello?
1: Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yep, I can hear you okay. That's
0: that was... a bit strange. We're getting close to the end. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's they a bit like, were... like you
1: know get with the dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they all were... oh god what like we're running uh, what's it called that white noise stuff yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just really strange we'll be talking away and the next moment we'll just completely lose each other we're like what
0: <laughs> but thanks to you now I've got to say that whenever we mention the free cloud I'm just thinking of data storage <laughs> <laughs>
1: It sounds like a really dodgy software as a service or platform as a service and full of malware and all sorts of things. Somebody had suggested actually it's it's sort of like a, a casino-y um, free-for-all type world. So hopefully awesome. maybe the Ferengis might be on it, because that's the sort of thing that they would be on.
0: Yeah, that would be good. And obviously, Rafi is totally unimpressed by the doctor, because she starts saying, and who are you? sort of thing. Is this yeah. the only person you've got who can help you?
1: As Rafi says, you haven't even let me security clear this person. And I thought, yeah. she's right. Fucking yeah. listen to Raffi. I don't know who this blonde bent is. She suddenly appeared. I mean, do you know, that this still, still goes back to that fighting scene in the house. Where did she get that rifle from? She yeah. shot your man in the back. The fighting went on inside the chateau, not outside. Now, whether number one was out there having out arms, I don't know. Maybe, that's maybe what number one does. <laughs> he runs the armory somewhere. And uh, he, he told her up, but I, I think I would have put her in an airlock and pushed her into space. <laughs> there's definitely, there's something there. Wow. And she she has the cheek to sit in one of the chairs and leaves Jean-Luc standing as they take off.
0: Well, I was just going to say, she goes and sits in, what chair would it be? Navigation?
1: Yeah, I was thinking that too.
0: So why is she in the navigation chair? Seems odd for that, that she takes her space. But of course, it then all lumps jumps to the fact we, we get to see uh, Picard say, you know, his line of engage, which I think yeah. I can sort of see why you find the Doctor annoying because she just just this sort of goofy smile.
1: <laughs> she takes a seat. Yeah. She doesn't give Picard anywhere to sit down and they take off at warp. Now, yeah. they were all sitting down. I mean, once again, that man's probably thrown across another room. I don't know. Maybe hip replacements are so complicated in the 24th century and he just has one on a daily basis, but the man just seems to be able to weather anything. He really does, but they, they take off. and Then you that, that leads him into new adventures. Finally, Picard is in space, What really what we've been waiting for for
0: mm. three episodes. And the question I'm wondering is, well, the question I'm wondering for future episodes is, are, are, is our theory going to ring true that the Doctor is, in fact, more than she appears to be?
1: Well, yeah, I, I definitely think she is. I mean, if, I think they believe Maddox is on free Clyde. So is she has Commander Roy Orbson sent her off to kill? <laughs> to
0: <guess> Roy Orbson
1: <laughs> Possibly um Agnes was innocent until she was nailed that day uh mm-hmm. by the sunglasses of Doom herself and something something happened with her. She's programmed, she's a sleeper agent or something, and she's gone to attack Maddox. Yeah. But there's something really it feels it feels nasty and it, once again Picard is being foolish. This is not the Jean luc that we've seen in TNG, mm. and you're beginning to see that more and more. Maybe now because we're conscious that he has that that issue that he has that mm. um, syndrome or condition, whatever it is that he has, um, that affects him. And now he is—he's definitely going to be more relic- more reckless. Mm. Remember, you had mentioned in in the last one that we did. That he seemed very accepting of this weird shit that he was being told.
0: But he's just taking everything on sort of face value, isn't he? And is it the mm-hmm. fact that he wants it more? Well, you know, we definitely. Is, don't. It, is it his advanced years that he throws caution to the wind? And is it now that will it be even more the case that he knows he's got this mental—what's well, say—mental health? This di- this disease. That's probably gonna limit his time he's gonna think, oh, I wanna go out with the bank. Are we're gonna see him being even more like the craziness that Kirk does. You no.
1: Know? He would be better off getting a tattoo on a motorbike if he wants to be really mad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Especially <laughs> at this advanced stage, he should be back at the chateau with a nice warm drink, some cheese, lots of wine.
1: <laughs> By night it really should be a scene from Craggy Island, where Laris has missed the soul. The other one <laughs> It's Father Ted, and he's Father Jack by now. And Dougal is maybe number one. There we go. That's a new series that we've made up. Thank you, CBS. just pay us now.
0: So basically, series two is going
1: to have
0: to be that. The yeah, we're kind looking confused and worrying his chair with his nails. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> thank Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we could definitely, other than the fact that, you know, we. Claim copyright to this uh, new series. I think we could be on to something. I reckon the doctor's could end up being far more than this nice bubbly character that we uh, we anticipated or were led to believe she would be. So, as I said in the last uh, in the the first episode we covered, um, you know, how have you found this? How have you enjo- have you enjoyed this going into episodes two and three? Do you like the way they're progressing the series? Is there anything you would have done differently?
1: I really enjoyed episode one. And I'm not enjoying these two episodes just as much. Two, as I was saying earlier, found a wee just the way it was cut.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, three was a bit better. Um, Rafi's acting got a bit better as as it went on. I, I found her a wee bit maybe self-aware in the scenes that they had in the desert. It was a bit mm. acting by numbers. Uh, yeah. I thought she looked a wee bit more settled towards the end of that episode. Uh, the fight scenes were, were good. I'm going to miss Laris if they go into space. I, I really like her, the Irish Romulan. I think she's yeah, just...
0: Yes, I did. I think just, she's great. Yeah.
1: She needs to be in every scene. Uh a bit worried about the dog still. There's another episode where we haven't seen number one. Very, very worried about that dog. I still think that dog's been assimilated somewhere. And they're, they're going to have to change the sign on the artifact. Uh, it's hard <laughs> to know whether you would do anything better because it's, it's radically different. I mean, you could sit and watch these two episodes once you see the whole series. Uh, as one and think I can see the reason buying those but it's not giving me the oomph that episode one did I'm still enjoying it but you know how it is sometimes with, with first episodes they go all out and then I, I don't know it, it's not quite as good as I was hoping at this stage I, I don't know how you feel about it
0: I've enjoyed it but I sort of see <clears throat> I, I feel sort of similar to you uh, thing. is it how they've cut it because Thinking just to three, it was choppy. It was what? it was jumping backwards and forwards. So the, the example that sticks out most of my mind and I get that they trying to attention build is the thing of they've got the, the, the chappy tied to the chair who they're trying to get information from. and Then it suddenly jumps to the mental institution. Then it jumps back to them. Then it jumps to the mental institution. And I do wonder if it, again, reiterates something I'd heard, which is the problem they've had, is that it's, they've had to cut the episodes down in size, compared to what they were gonna do it like to get you know to get in a specific like three quarter an hour or sort of just below runtime. So like you, I'm enjoying it. I'm intrigued to see where it's gonna go, and I can't remember what the exact episode. run I think is it ten or eleven, maybe. I think um, so
1: yeah,
0: ten. So they've not got that many more episodes to try and answer it. But again, I don't know how much they are going to answer if they're going to want to have series two. But we're only three episodes in, so <laughs> who knows?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, it has definitely been choppy because um it wasn't just as choppy, I don't feel, in episode one. Because when we talked about it, it felt easier to discuss and to remember. Yeah. But tonight, it could be some of the quote remedy them I found that trying to remember back on those two episodes slightly more difficult I was getting yeah. sort of some of the timeline mixed up because of yeah. the way it was done it was, they were trying to push too much I think Soji that character those scenes are just they're not doing anything for me at all they're really not, I'm so glad to see Hugh Borg because I'm hoping that he comes back again and he's not just a one hit wonder for that particular one episode because if he is it then makes me think that maybe Seven and Nine is just going to appear for one episode and is this how we're going to see these characters just one offs rather than any sort of um, proper re- recurring why. So I don't, don't know. I, I'm hoping that episode four will be a wee bit better and that whenever we go to talk about the future episodes, it is easier to discuss and it won't be yeah. just
0: as choppy. I know what you mean, because it was trying to follow it. it was just, It was a difficult one, I think. It wasn't. It was probably because also that many more people being thrown into the mix in the first episode. I mean, I think you're going to see some sort of interaction with obviously Seven of Nine and Seven of Nine, seven of nine and you. Question is, is, how and when? I wonder if they're going to be on this free cloud planet, whatever it or whatever free cloud is. So, yeah, interesting stuff. What would you give it out of 10? Well, the problem is we've covered two episodes. So, what would you give episode two out of 10?
1: Um, Probably seven. And I think yeah. I probably would give episode three a uh, seven and a half <laughs> yeah. because it was slightly better, but it was still problematic. Yeah, it still had issues. And I'm not even talking about the sports bra. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think probably yes, episode two. No, episode uh, six points because of the sports bra and big knickers, <laughs> an unmade bed, <laughs> no shower. <laughs> Hell, I'm gonna start dropping. <laughs> gonna start dropping it down in more points. You ever start thinking about that anymore?
0: I would probably give episode two, yeah, like you, I don't feel it There was as much, it didn't grab you as much as the first episode. I'd probably give it maybe, probably seven. I would give episode three just because we finally saw him get into space. However, briefly, eight, and I'd also give it eight just for the sheer weird pervy relationship that's between the brother and sister for that one scene in the hall where you're like, Ooh, she's getting really weird. I need
1: to watch that one again. I need to Stop. just cut that cut that scene and watch it again a few times just to see.
0: Stop leaning so close to each other. It's weird.
1: Was <laughs> well, I mean? This is what I'm wondering: Are the Are the Romulans just? Do they not have any problem with that? What? Are they like? Do you a, know what?
0: Egyptian pharaohs. But you know what's just hit me? Romulus was blown up. So they're going to have a very limited gene pool. To oh, work that's so maybe this is part of the course. Well, maybe they are just weird sickos. But, you know, maybe that is being serious, Maybe that is the reality of the situation.
1: <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. That's a real. Yes, how many of them are left? Well, I'll tell you what, they're fairly building their fortune up by taking uh, the tech off the poor. The poor uh, Borg. Mm. I mean, they're using those those people as workers as well. In the background, yeah. you could see some of the ex-Borg working away on the on the ship. Mm. But I'd like to know who was assimilated the last time, sixteen years ago. I think that's what now I'm wondering: is sixteen years ago is that when they found the cube, or did they find the cube before then? See, there's all sorts of weird theories going on on as well that um, that the Romulans had developed AI many years ago and. It was a problem, and they sent it out into the universe. They sent it on to the Delta Quadrant, and it took a long time, and they became the Borg. But it was built into them that they couldn't assimilate Romulans, and that's why it's such a problem trying to simulate a Romulan. I mean, that's some really weird shit that people are theorised that actually the AI, the Borg, were started accidentally by the Romulans.
0: Wow. Yeah. That yeah. wouldn't surprise yeah. me. I can imagine that, yeah. actually. That's just weird enough to be possible.
1: It um, is, and you're thinking... Wow, that's some that's some freaky Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones theorizing there.
0: Mm, well, I think this is probably a good enough uh, point to to draw our episode to conclusion. Uh, as Gemma would always say, we've been talking of Wallop. So uh, I've been James,
1: <laughs> and I've been Joanne,
0: <laughs> and thank you very much. That's been great.
1: Thanks, James. So-